Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And today we have our our friend and brother in Christ, Justin Peters. Justin, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much, Dave. It's an honor to be on with you. Thank hey, you for well, the invitation. Yes. Well, it's a privilege to to be able to have you on, brother. So can you can you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your life, marriage, ministry, and and what ministry products you're doing? Sure. So uh, uh, bird's eye view. Uh, my name is Justin Peters, born and reared in Mississippi, but uh, I live in Montana now because I married a girl from Montana. Her name's Kathy, a wonderful Christian woman. Um, uh, one of the things about me, I suppose, is I was born with cerebral palsy. So I, I walk on crutches and use an electric scooter for shorter distances. And uh, because of my disability, uh, back when I was a teenager, down in Mississippi, I got I got wrapped up in what I now know to be the Word of Faith movement, but back then didn't know it had a title. But basically, the the health and wealth, prosperity gospel, uh, the belief that it's always God's will to be wealthy, always God's will to be physically healed. And a neighbor of mine told me when I was 16 years old, he said, Justin, God spoke to me. He's told me that he's going to heal you as long as you have enough faith. And so I got wrapped up in that in hopes of being healed. And so I went to see some faith healers and obviously I was not healed. And uh, that was my first exposure to what I now know to be the word of faith movement. And uh, but back then I wasn't even a Christian. I, I thought I was, but I, I wasn't. But uh, God saved me much later. And um, and now um, because of that and his providence, he's kind of opened up a ministry to me of full-time evangelism. And one of the things that I'm most known for is engaging and uh, giving a biblical refutation of the health and wealth gospel. Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Meyer, Joel Osteen, those names, uh, Andrew Womack, Joseph Prince, and, and refuting that biblically and, and showing people that that is not what the gospel is. And so um, that's kind of what I'm most known for, but it's not my only interest. I committed to expository preaching and teaching and um, have a YouTube channel and written a couple of small books and stuff like that. So that that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. And for those who don't know, when you meet Justin, I remember meeting you once, once or twice so far, I think it is right. Uh-huh. And yep. you're just, you're just a very humble, approachable guy, but you know, you are, a, you are, I mean, in considering, I don't know how to say this without it's coming gl- gloating, but so take it for what it's worth. The meeting it is an encouragement, but like in the space and false teaching, I mean, you're considered like the goat, the Michael Jordan, you know, the, the, you know what I'm saying? Like the tiger woods. Um, so, so, you know, I just, I know you're like, ah, oh, don't do that to me. But, uh, but like, you can hardly get away from, from the, the, the impact. I mean, brother, like I, I just hear about it like all the time. You know, so it's uh, it's a tremendous uh, what you're doing is tremendous. I just say that to say it's a tremendous blessing what you're what you're doing to help people um, understand biblical truth to expose error and not just like the false teaching aspect. But you're committed to 
really preaching the word and and you do that guys guys he does this all over the world i mean all over the place and you just go and you preach the open the bible and preach it and help people and i know you counsel people and my goodness you know praise praise god you know just for your faithfulness you know i'm just i'm i'm thankful for your faithfulness so well thank you dave i appreciate that very much brother that's yeah. uh a great encouragement. Uh, praise the Lord. It's all of it's all of Him. It's all of Him. Truly, all of Him. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, can you tell us about the, your presentation, "Cloud Without Waters"? Sure. So, "Clouds Without Water" is a title that I've given to my seminar. That is a biblical refutation of the prosperity gospel and so much of the uh, abuses in the charismatic movement at large. Uh, but it's a reference in the book of Jude, verse 12. That's one of the ways in which Jude refers to false teachers. He says, they are hidden reefs in your love feast. They feast with you without fear, caring only for themselves. And then he says, they're clouds without water. And so the picture there is that false teachers have the appearance of having some nourishment to them, but no sustenance ever falls from them. They leave the ground below them dry and parched. And so it's, uh, I've taken in clouds without water, I've taken dozens and dozens of video clips of all these prominent health and wealth preachers, Bill Johnson, Bethel church as well, even Stephen Furtick and some of those guys. Um, uh, and, uh, I let people see and hear for themselves what they're actually teaching and then point by point, correct it from scripture. And so that's, that's what it is. And I, by God's grace now, I've I've done uh, my seminar, Clouds Without Water, in I think 32 different countries and, and many of those multiple times. So, um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's unfortunately it is um, it's a worldwide problem. It, it, it's not just here in America that we created it here. But then through TBN and Daystar, uh, we, you know, quote unquote Christian television, we have exported this theological poison to the rest of the world. So Yeah, that's that's really well said. And my understanding from uh, our friend Jim is that you update this every time you you give it. Is that correct? I do. I mean I'm constantly adding stuff to it. You know, un unfortunately there's no shortage of material. I I can hardly pull up YouTube or turn on TBN and not see something, think, man, I need that in my seminar because it's it's unending. It's it's just an unending supply of bad teaching and false doctrine. So yeah, I'm I'm constantly updating it. How do you how do you deal with that, brother? You know the the constant seeing that and and especially given your past, how do you how do you how do you navigate that? Yeah, uh, well, one thing I don't watch as much of it as what a lot of people might imagine. Now I do watch some, of course, got to, but uh, it's it, it it's so prevalent. You don't you don't have to go on a like a a dumpster dive to find this stuff. I mean, it's not hard. It's just everywhere you look, it's just so readily available. So you don't have to dig hard to find it. So that's one thing. But also, uh, I make sure I have a, a a steady diet of good preaching. I don't, you know, my I don't spend most of my preaching time, my listening preaching time anyway. Uh, I don't I don't devote it to Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland and uh, I make sure I've got more good stuff incoming than than the bad. <laughs> Who do you enjoy listening to, brother? 
Well, uh, of course, my pastor, uh, I actually have a new pastor, uh, Kathy and I have recently moved, but a guy named Rob Kimsey, he's a good brother. Um, but some of the more well-known names, uh, I love John MacArthur, uh, Steve Lawson, Mike Riccardi, Phil Johnson. Uh, those are some of my favorite preachers. Uh, I love Paul Washer. I love Jim Osman, O-S-M-A-N. He's, he used to be my pastor, Jim Osman did, when we lived in Idaho a few years ago. But um, Jim Osman's one of those guys that uh, most people haven't heard of, but he's a uh, He's a, a one of the most capable preachers I've ever heard. So, um, yeah, those are some of my favorite folks. Wonderful. Yeah, I think Mike Riccardi is like the first time hearing him. It's like a lightning bolt. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna like hit you. It's just like bam. It's like wow. How do you how yeah. do you even man? I don't even know. It's like I know he's just he's got a brilliant theological mind and he's a really nice guy too. I've I've been in his home before and shared some meals with him and truly humble guy. I think uh, I think a lot of Mike Riccardi. Me too, brother. Me too. Well, you're well known for speaking out against false teaching. Can you tell us why Christians should speak out against false teaching and and why they should do so? Yes, we must do so because they are so dangerous. Uh, one of the one of the things that makes false teachers so appealing and so dangerous at the same time, Dave, is that not everything they teach is false. Some of it is right, but there's enough error and heresy mixed in with it to corrupt the entire thing. So it's that mixture of truth and error that's so pernicious, so dangerous. And also we must speak out against false teachers because the Bible commands us to do that. And in fact, 26 of the 27 books in the New Testament directly warn about false doctrine and or false teachers, and most of them multiple, multiple times. So um, in fact, only the, only the book of Philemon uh, the short little book of Philemon has nothing to say about false doctrine or false, false teachers, at least not directly. But so uh, all the other books do. And uh, warning about false doctrine and false teachers is a prominent, prominent theme in the New Testament. So we must do it. Yeah, I'll, that's a good answer. And what you said there is so important. I hope people are paying attention because they say part of the truth, like you said, and then mm-hmm. the rest of it is it's all bad. It's air. Yeah. It's outside mm-hmm. the Bible. Heresy is outside of you know what the church has said. Um, yeah. Can you can you speak to that? Like, what should they? What should people really pay attention to? You know, of course, we know this is discernment, but what what should they look for, especially as they're listening or hearing those types of teachers? You know, talk because a lot of people, you know, they just they just go for it hook, line, and sinker, and they don't even know what to they don't even know what to look for. Yeah, that's right. Um, the Bible gives us markers about false teachers. Uh, one of the clearest markers is that a false teacher, a false prophet, will spend much, much more time uh, talking about his own dreams, his own visions, his own experiences, himself or herself. Spend much more time talking about those things and talking than actually talking about the Bible. So it's what God has told me. What has God shown me? What have I done? Uh, my dreams, my visions, you know, my experiences, my accomplishments. So when you hear someone and they're, they're they always seem to be the hero of their own stories. <laughs> yeah, you're you're probably dealing with a false teacher. In fact, I'd say you, you're definitely dealing with a false teacher. Uh, and someone who teaches theological heresy, if you hear something like we are gods, you know, we're just like God, God, uh, you know, when you become a Christian, you're 
just like Jesus, just like God, that's a telltale sign. If you hear someone preaching a gospel that says uh, the gospel is about making your life better, God promises you money, God promises you healing, uh, then you know you're dealing with a false teacher because the Bible does not promise these things. So uh, those are all telltale signs of a false teacher. Um, uh, any, and I would say anytime someone is prophesying, because I don't believe that there are modern day prophets today. So if you hear someone giving a prophecy, eh, you know, <laughs> next. Can, can, is this where we insert the, 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 the Instagram thing of you putting a flamethrower to it? Oh yeah, there's one. <laughs> I do. I had to bring that up. I had to bring that's that up. Right. That's right. We might even put that in there so people okay. can see it. Yeah. yeah, you could do that. You could do that. That's right. So y'all never seen a crippled guy in a suit and tie shooting a flamethrower at a clown? <laughs> now you have. <laughs> Oh, Nelly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, that was so that was so fun, man. I was laughing at that for a while. I was like, <laughs> wow. Was <laughs> yeah, it was. That was fun. It sure was. Um, and then also, and these things may not be as quickly uh, uh, discernible, but a false teacher is marked by greed. He's marked by immorality because false teachers, by definition, are not saved. So they don't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, there's no restraint on their flesh. And um, so their lives are marked by sexual immorality. And we've seen a lot of that here just very recently, even with, you know, Mike Bickle being in the news a lot, what's going on at IHOP and uh, even here lately, T.D. Jakes and other things. So it's uh, those are uh, unfortunately, those things aren't, you know, typically readily seen right on the on the front. But uh Given enough time, they come out. Yep. That's a good word, brother. Uh, what is your encouragement for the Christian who may be struggling with the fear of man, even concerned they might lose friends if, or family members um, if they speak out against false teaching? Well, you might. Uh, you might lose friends. You might lose relationships with family members. But Jesus told us that this would happen. He said in Matthew chapter 10, he said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And I came to set father against son, mother against daughter, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Uh, and and his, a man's enemies will be members of his own household. So this shouldn't surprise us. Now, we don't go looking for it. We don't go trying to stir up strife, obviously. But it shouldn't surprise us when it happens, because Jesus gave us a heads up, if you will. He's, he's, he's told us, if you, if you follow me, if you stand on truth, be, be ready, be prepared. This is what's going to happen. And uh, so uh, these are actually tests, Dave, of our faith. How much do we truly love Christ? Are we willing to follow Christ, even if it means the estrangement or loss of relationships with our friends and even our family members. So these are tests for us. So we need to steal ourselves. I would encourage people listening. Um, if, if you see yourself in a situation in which your stand for truth might cost you one of these relationships, stand, stand for truth. We have an audience of one. 
That's God, nobody else. And so I tell people, do the right thing, do the right thing before God, and then trust God with the results. Amen, brother. Amen. I can tell you I've lost a lot of friends since I've started really being more vocal about false teaching. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's sad because I thought these people really cared about me, loved me, valued me, you know, and turns out that they just wanted a place to ride a platform or whatever, or uh, they wanted to use me as a launching pad for whatever they wanted to do. And it's yeah. it's tragic that 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 happens, but it happens. It's it's, yeah. a, it's the ugly side of, you know, of being and doing what we do, you know. That's but right. it, for me, it just became a matter of I just saw I saw the opposite side of it as well. When when I the more that I have spoken out against false teaching, and it's not about notoriety for me at all. It's just just to expose evil and darkness, and like you were talking about contending for the for the faith once for all delivered to the saints, but. What I what I saw is that people people really appreciate that and and the people that love the word, they appreciate it and and they will thank you for your faithfulness. And mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter. I, I just tell people you don't have to have a podcast, you don't have to have a blog to do this, you don't have to write. Guess what? If you, are you a single mom or a stay at home mom, what can you do? Talk to your mm -hmm. kids about it. Mm -hmm. Teach them what the truth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, love them. You, you so you don't have you can do that on your social media, sharing good resources. You don't even if you have five people following you, ten people following you, if you have one person that that really, you know, seems to appreciate what you have to say at your local church, boom, mm -hmm. there you go. I mean, it, it doesn't you don't have to have fifty thousand or hundred thousand, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand followers on YouTube or your blog or whatever podcast. I mean, yeah, that's right. we, we just think about that, but that's, that's totally, Jesus had 12. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not about, it's not, if it's about numbers, then I guess Jesus failed. Right. And, and yeah, we don't want right. to say that then, then we yeah. are actually doing false teaching. So, yeah. Uh, I just yep. say that as an encouragement, you know, to people. It's not numbers. Numbers represent real people that are really helped, and and if it's that motivation, that can be good and healthy. But if it's if it's anything else, it's just just forget about it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Just speak up, and and do it. Do it in a way that's compelling. Do it in a way that's helpful. Do it in a way that honors God, and God will use you. Yeah. You want to add anything to that, brother? No, I I just I echo I. Yeah, give a hearty amen to that. Uh, be faithful in the sphere of influence that God has given you. Just because it may not be as large as others, that that doesn't mean it's any less important. Be faithful in what God has given you. So, Well, kind of a similar question that we were just talking about, matter that we were just talking about. How can we help arm the average Christian in the pew against false teaching? Sure. Well, you know, you may have heard that old illustration, um, you know, of the bank tellers. Bank tellers are never given counterfeit money. They just know the feel of real money so well that when a counterfeit bill does come across, then they immediately recognize it like, whoa, this doesn't feel right. This is counterfeit. And that's great. I mean, that's that probably works great for bank tellers. Um, but we and, and there is truth in that, in that we do need to know the truth. We need to saturate our minds with the word of God. Absolutely. But we also need to be aware of the schemes of the enemy. We need to know what 
the major false doctrines are, you know, the major heresies out there. I'm not saying you got to do a deep dive and do a, you know, end up studying church history or something like that. But, but be aware of the errors of the word of faith movement, the new apostolic reformation, be aware of the errors of Roman Catholicism. What, what makes that a false doctrinal system? What makes that a false church? You know, at least be, have a kind of a working knowledge so that when, when you talk to friends, to family members, to whomever, uh, you're ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you, that we can do what Paul said to uh, Titus. He said, teach sound doctrine and refute those who contradict. So it's not an either or, it's a both and. So so I would encourage people, study the truth, st- saturate your mind with the word of God. Absolutely. But also at least have a, a kind of a working knowledge of What's the word? What's the prosperity gospel? What is Roman Catholicism? What makes those things so dangerous? Mormonism, whatever. Just, I think that's helpful. And you're you're touching on that, you know, earlier. You know, you just don't consume yourself with the false teaching. Yeah, it's just so discouraging, and it's so it's not good for you. You know, that's right. Yeah. So no. get in, get in the word, open it, get under, get under a good pastor who can exposit the word. Um, you know, he doesn't have to be a superstar. Just nope. be be faithful, you know? Yep, it, it's absolutely. it's the guys that aren't the superstars that are the real heroes. They're the ones that are doing, you know, they're in the rural places of our country and in the world. And they're mm-hmm. just plodding along, loving people and not doing it for a name or a title. Not saying that all of them are doing it for a name or a title. I'm not saying that. I don't want to be accused of that, but <laughs> I'm just saying, just saying, you sure. know. There, there's good people doing it in the rural and and in big cities, and uh, they they uh, you know get it get in a church and get plugged in, and so. Yep, that's right. Yeah, it, having a good church home is vitally, vitally important. And no matter how far you have to drive, find a good doctrinally sound church, even if you have to drive a hundred miles, go to it. It's it, even if it's so far you can't go every Sunday. It's better to go to a good church once or twice a month and a bad one every week. So it, it's that important. Yeah, that's a good word. What is your biggest concern or concerns about the new apostolic reformation? Biggest concern is that it is a false gospel. Uh, they have a different God, a different Jesus, a different atonement, different gospel. That When you're dealing with the word of faith movement, new apostolic reformation, those aren't minor theological differences. Uh, NAR especially, has uh, an egregious emphasis on modern-day apostles, signs and wonders, uh, their fake signs and wonders, uh, and they preach a watered-down, and even that is generous to say. I mean, it's an extremely diluted gospel. One of the flagship churches of the NAR movement would be Bethel Church in Redding, California, pastored by Bill Johnson, and they produce Bethel music. Um, <laughs> go to their YouTube channel, watch some of their Sunday evening services, especially when they do baptisms, and to get an idea of how shallow this the, their gospel is. They go up to baptismal candidates and they ask them two questions: What is your name? Why are you being baptized? Uh, Dave, I've watched hundreds of these. I have yet to see any of them give what would even pass a first grade vacation Bible school testimony. I mean, it's so shallow. 
They have the people they're baptizing have no understanding of the gospel at all. And, and yet they baptize them. So that's a reflection of what's coming from the pulpit, what's coming from Bill Johnson and Chris Ballatin. So uh, it, yeah, it's, it's a different gospel. It, it's, it's cultic theology wrapped in a thin veneer of Christianese to make it sound Christian, but it is not Christian. Uh, it puts people on an endless hamster wheel of searching after the next dream, the next vision, the next sign and wonder, the next Holy Ghost goosebumps, you know, something to, you know, stir your feelings and emotions. But it's that's all it is. It, it's it's cotton candy. You know, is there nothing there? There's no meat to it. There's no meat and potatoes. It's just fluff. And and it might make you feel good for a few minutes while you're there, you know, singing these these songs over and over and over and over again. But uh, but there's 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 no holiness there. There's no substance there. Nothing that's going to change your life. Um, so it yeah, it's it's very very dangerous. Yeah, speak to that, brother. You know, you're you're you know so much about this. Um, you know, we we talk about that on the show, the the influence of the music and everything. But but I'd love to hear you just talk to people on Equipping Grace about the the danger of the music because I know I, some people think that it's overstated. Some people think you know that the we know that it's not though because we've seen it yeah, reported in even a magazine like uh, Christianity Today. They they did a report on um, you know uh, Bethel music elevation and I think there's two uh, two other Hill song and yeah. and you might know the other one. You know what I'm talking about? I think right. Yeah. So, so speak to that. You know how pervasive is this, and why should Christians you know be really concerned about what music they listen to? Yeah, well, for one thing, if you if you took the music away, the charismatic movement would collapse. If you unplug the keyboard and the guitars, charismatic movement would collapse. It's entirely predicated on this highly emotionally charged music. Um because that and they sing these songs over and over and over. Some of the songs are 10 minutes long, just one song, even 12. Uh and and yet that disarms your intellect. It makes you much easier to control um, because you're no longer thinking, you're just feeling. And so you become easier to manipulate that then and only then do these so-called miracles ever seem to happen. They're not real miracles, by the way. They're just psychosomatic healings. They're not true healings. They're, you know, someone thinks they feel better and maybe they do feel better for a little while. But it's it's just a rush of adrenaline and endorphins. That's all it is. It's not a real miracle. After the after the music stops and the lights go out and people go out to their cars and they go to sleep and they wake up the next day, they're back in the same shape that they were before. It's just the placebo effect. That's all it is. Uh, psychosomatic healings. Uh, but the music is an integral part of that. And and I would also encourage people. Uh, if you go to a church that sings Bethel music or Hillsong or Elevation. If you notice that your church sings that stuff, go to the leadership and warn them about it. Because Bethel and Hillsong and Elevation, they use their music as a hook to pull people into their false theological system. So the way it works is the unsuspecting person sitting in a pew on Sunday morning, and they're looking up at the screen. The lyrics are on the screen. And to be fair, some of the lyrics are okay. They're not all terrible. Some of them are okay, but that's by design. 
Uh, so they look up and they see the lyrics and they see in the fine print music by Bethel, music by Hillsong. Hmm. Well, Bethel and Hillsong, they must be okay. I mean, after all, we're singing their music, so I think I'll check them out. And so that's how they draw people into their cult. And that's exactly what it is. These are cults. And um, one of the pastor's most sacred obligations is to protect his flock from the wolves. But by singing Bethel and Hillsong and Elevation, not only are you not protecting your flock from the wolves, you're inviting the wolves in. You're opening the front door for them and inviting them in to prey on your flock. So it's it's very dangerous. Uh, there is There is no justification, none, for singing Bethel, for singing Hillsong, for singing Elevation, and you're right, there's another one. The name escapes me right now, but um, there's no justification for that. These are cults. Don't sing their music. It's not honoring to God. God is not okay with it. And Dave, it's, you don't even need it. I mean, there, there, is, there are plenty of good, good songs that we can sing and worship to our God. There's a deep well of those rich hymns. Uh, and you don't have to go to the poisoned well of Bethel and Hillsong and Elevation. Yeah. What, what kind of, uh, what, what kind of songs and worship, uh, music would you recommend to people? Rich, doctrinally sound, uh, hymns. And I'm not one of these that says there's a, like a canon of hymn writing and it's closed and you can never, you know, there's no good music being written today. There is, um, there is. Unfortunately, most of it that's being written today is not good, but there's some of it is by some some individuals. Uh, but I I want good doctrinally sound, theologically rich hymns that are vertically oriented, that that speak of God, speak of who he is, speak of his majesty, speak of his holiness. Uh, I don't like these songs that Jesus is my boyfriend kind of song. You know, and and uh, Jesus just loves me so much, and you know, um, it's that's just gross. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's these highly romanticized songs. That's yeah, that's no good. Sing sing songs that speak much of God and lift Him up, His holiness, His majesty. Yeah. That's good, brother. What would you say to the pastor? You know, you just talked about previously to the about the pastor, but what would you say to pastor and elders that listen to this show? We have many of them that do. What would you say to them? What would you be your counsel to them to be guarding the flock against music? You know, you just talked about that. So what could they do very practically, you know, to assess and to guard the music that, that they're allowing to be played on the Lord's Day? Yeah, look look at your music library. Look at the songs you're singing. Maybe you need to go to your music director and and talk to him and just see and see who wrote them. And if you see Bethel, if you sing Hillsong, if you see Elevation, yank it out of your lineup, yank it out of the rotation, throw it in the garbage, put it in the shredder, you know, use it on a, a campfire, go roast some hot dogs. You don't don't sing it. Don't sing it. Don't expose your people to the wolves. Um, so it's it's been very discouraging for me to see how many of our churches that are not Word of Faith, not Prosperity Gospel, not NAR, and yet they'll sing that music on worship. And it's, it's just very discouraging to me. It's uh, As I said a minute ago, as a pastor, as an elder, 
one of your most solemn, solemn obligations is to protect your flock from the wolves. Don't invite the wolves in through the music. Yeah. And like I think you were touching on earlier as well, you know, that's where they get their money. Yep. You know, and they're buying up everything. As we know, they are buying up everything, all the musicians, all the artists. Mm -hmm. And Bethel is one of the biggest. Yeah. They're making millions and millions. Uh, you would probably know the exact figure. It's probably tens of millions of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. Or more, isn't it? Yep. 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 Tens of millions. Yeah. And so, so this is feeding their, it's not just, okay, we're, we're not just saying because their theology is bad, but this is how this movement is being funded. This is yeah, how they're right. continuing to grow. And doesn't that concern you? I, I, I think right. for many of you, it really does, but it's like, right. we have to keep saying it because this is where this is a matter of our stewardship. It's not just you putting it in your earbuds and you're listening to it. You're by listening to that music on Spotify or wherever you get your music, you are supporting and funding that movement. And like Justin's saying, they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're her, they're her heretics, you yep. know, they're heretics. Yep. We have, we have Holly Pivik on the next episode and she, mm -hmm. she, she just totally dismantles her Doug Guyvin in her new book, Reckless Cruise, just totally dismantles it. So just, yeah. just wait for that episode guys. But we just, Good. just talking about, you know, this is, it's it's tragic and a lot of people say well you're just judging me and telling me what to do and you know it's just kind of like come on really you know yeah. this 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 matters because where people are going to go for all eternity and this is they're slipping in in their own words they're slipping in air and heresy into the music mm -hmm. you know they're doing it they know exactly what they're doing and they're doing it mm -hmm. and we're buying it hook line and sinker i mean yep so we'll yep. keep we'll keep saying the thing that nobody else seemingly wants to say and or hear, but you know, yep. um, I think people do need to hear it and they need to we need to keep saying it, you know. So that's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. You're funding if a church is doing what it's supposed to be doing, uh, when you sing this music, copyrighted music, you're supposed to be sending in a certain amount of money to the CCLI licensing organization. And then they in turn funnel it out to the you know respective um, authors or writers or producers, whatever the music. And so you're quite when you sing Bethel Hillsong and Elevate, you're quite literally funding a cult. You're funding a cult that preaches a different Jesus, a different gospel, and is leading millions of people straight down the primrose path to hell. That's what you're funding. And I would I've gotten in trouble for saying this before, but I believe it. I'll say it again. I would no more I would no more fund planned parenthood than I would fund Bethel or Hillsong or Elevation. Amen, brother. Amen. I'm sitting here like, wow, that's that's quite a statement, but it's I true. stand by it. As I, we're, I, we're we're talking about the glory of Christ. We're talking about the honor of Christ. We're talking about souls, eternal souls that will spend eternity in hell. If they if they get sucked into this cult, that that's the stake here. So I absolutely stand by and I make no apologies for it. Amen, brother. Amen. I'll stand with you if nobody else will. For Thank sure. You, Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I know there's a lot of people standing with you. So yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, I know you are a critic of the modern day deliverance ministry. You've done many many videos and presentations on this movement over the years. So what concerns you most about this movement, brother? 
Yeah, these deliverance ministries, you've got guys like Alexander Pagani, Vlad Savchuk, Greg Locke, um, Daniel Kalinda, um, uh, others, uh, this new batch of demon slayers, and they call themselves that, demon slayers. it's, It's the latest iteration of that. Uh, some of the older guys like Bob Larson and uh, they were popular back in the eighties and nineties. So we've got a new crop of them and it's, it's, it's profoundly unbiblical. Uh, they would have you believe that if you're a Christian, you can be indwelt by one or more demons. And if you're an alcoholic, it's because you got the demon of alcohol. If you've got an anger issue, it's, well, you got the demon of anger inside of you. Uh, if you're looking at porn, you've got the demon of pornography. This is so profoundly unbiblical. There's no such thing as the demon of alcohol or pornography or anger. There, there's, there's no such thing. Demons are real, yes, but there's no demon of pornography. It's if you're if you're in a habitual pattern of sin, it's not because you've got a demon inside of you. It's because you need to repent. That's that's what you need to do. You don't need to have demons cast out of you. You need to repent. And if you're a Christian, if you're a truly born again, regenerate, Holy Spirit indwelt Christian, you cannot have a demon inside of you. The Holy Spirit is not going to put up with roommates. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune God living inside of you. He's not, he's not, um, he's not going to share his, his space there with a demon. So this is, is so profoundly unbiblical and they're, they're exploiting people they're making a mockery out of the gospel, a mockery out of Christ. Uh, yes, demons are real. Yes, even demon possession is a real thing. Uh, lost people can be demon possessed. Uh, I don't doubt that that happens. I'm sure. I'm. I in fact, I fully affirm that it does happen. I think Kenneth Copeland is demon possessed. But um, but if you're a Christian, if you're for for us as Christians, Dave, our our primary enemy is not. Uh, demons or even Satan himself, our primary enemy is our own flesh. So you go to war with the flesh, you put to death the deeds of the body per Romans 8, 13. There's no instructions in the New Testament about how to cast out a demon from a Christian. Nothing, not one syllable of instruction. I can give you a lot of verses talking about how to crucify your flesh and go to war with your sin. Lots of verses about that. Nothing about getting a demon cast out of you. Mm. Amen. Yeah. And it, we were just, we were talking before about, you know, how they talk and Alexander Pagani is one of the biggest guys that is one of the biggest uh, guys that does this. He'll say something yeah. that sounds good. And then out of the other side of his mouth, he'll say something just mm-hmm. like what? And then he'll come back. The thing is he'll say the th- good thing. He'll come back and say the, the bad thing and then he'll clarify it to make it, to smooth it over. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's like, Wow. It, that that is just so deceptive, and it's uh-huh. no wonder people buy it hook, line, and sinker. You know, from this, uh, by the way, um, anointed. Uh-huh. I say that in air quotes for anybody that's not watching. Uh, right. Apostle, apostle, you know, Pagani, yeah. you know, yeah. and he's not. Yeah, there's no, there's no yeah. more apostles today. Yeah, no more apostles, and so. Yeah, it, it's just it's just so alarming. Greg Locke with the autism thing and the just the mm-hmm. the level of rampant spiritual abuse. I I really think he's uh, he should not he should be sitting down 
and uh, learning, you know, theology, all mm-hmm. these guys, they should all be sitting on the front pew, Bible open, learning what the what what the scripture actually says, and actually yeah. learning how to handle the text, and yeah. learning uh, also what what is the church taught, you know? Yeah. Now, there's no talk of there's no talk of you know the sufficiency of scripture, the sufficiency of Christ that you talked about, no. the honor and glory of Christ. No, no talk about the security of the Christian, and that's just that's just how this movement works, you know. Instead, yeah. it's you know not our fellowship interrupted. It's you lost, you gave legal rights to to a demon. I mean, yeah, that's right. Right, come on. That's right. That's right. No, no repentance. Yep. That's You're right. gonna get me fired up, brother. <laughs> we'll we'll be here a while. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, how can how can local churches help the average Christian in the pew grow in their skill and handling of the Word of God, brother? Yeah, churches need to be committed to expository preaching, preaching the Word of God verse by verse. Don't resort to gimmicks or don't feel like you've got to make your church fun or make it entertaining. Uh, you know, with the strobe lights and the skinny jeans and all that kind of stuff. That's that's not what church is supposed to be about. Uh, the, the church is not supposed to look like the world. Dave, we're, we're different. We're called out of the world. I'm not saying you got to, I'm not ag- advocating for like this King James only rigid kind of, you know, that I'm not saying that, but, but there should be a sense of holiness and reverence in a church. Um, there's got to be a commitment to opening up the scripture, reading it and teaching it, giving the sense of the text expository preaching, um, church discipline per Matthew 18. Very few churches do that. And yet that is the first command that Jesus gave to his church, just as much a command as is the Lord's Supper and believers baptism. So look for a church that does that. Expository preaching, uh, church discipline, of course, the Lord's Supper, believers baptism. You want to look for a church that is uh, uh, led by a, a plurality of elders, Biblically qualified men, uh, plurality of elders. Uh, if you find a church with a female pastor, female elders, run like the wind. It's not a it's not a true church. So um, I would encourage all that. Yeah, just pastors, elders, be mindful of of the task that is yours, and it is a weighty, weighty task. Honor God, preach the truth, obey God, trust Him with the results trust him with the results. We have an audience of one. We've got one person we've got to please. Amen, brother. Well, uh, please tell us about the books you've written and where people can find them. Sure. So uh, I've written one little book. Uh, It's called Santa Paul's uh, Biblical Evaluation of Santa. Uh, That's on my website. Another book entitled Do Not Hinder Them, A Biblical Examination of Childhood Conversion. And that's just some of the some of the things to look for if conversion has truly taken place in the life of your child, when it's wise to baptize your child, just because your six, seven, eight, nine-year-old child has said, uh, you know, mommy, daddy, I asked Jesus into my heart, doesn't mean your child has truly been converted and doesn't mean your child's really ready to be baptized. So how do you know when it's really wise to uh, baptize your children. So that's what that book is about. I'm working, I've got Clouds Without Water in a book form, but unfortunately right now it's only available in like Spanish and uh, Russian and Mandarin. So I'm working on an English version, but Lord willing, that'll be, that'll be out later this year. Oh, wonderful. Uh, You'll have to, we'll have to have you back for that for sure. Okay. We'll we'll love to have you back on. Sure. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you.
Well, can you can you tell us uh, where people can find you on social media or tell us about your YouTube? And I know you have a podcast as well. Sure. Um, I have a I have a little podcast. It's a Christian podcast community. But my my main, I guess, social media outlet would be YouTube. So you go to YouTube and search Justin Peters Ministries and and I should pop up and you can uh, su subscribe there. My website is justinpeters.org justinpeters.org. And so, um, and I'm on Twitter as well. I have a Facebook page. I don't really keep it up. A friend of mine does that for me. So I'm, I hardly ever go to Facebook, but, but that's, that's there as well. So all my speaking schedule and resources and all, all that stuff is available. Wonderful brother. You know, there's a lot that we could talk about, about all of these topics that we've hit on today. Uh, do you have any takeaways for those who listen and watch this podcast, brother? Well, um, uh, want to thank you for this opportunity, Dave. And and uh, also one of the things I, I champion in my teaching is, is not only is the word of God inerrant, not only is it infallible, but it is also sufficient for us. Uh, that's what I really tried to champion is the sufficiency of scripture. It's everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness. You don't need dreams. You don't need visions. You don't need still small voices. Just go to the word of God, read, study, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you per Colossians 3.16 you'll be fully equipped. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, guys, um, we've been talking today with my friend and our brother in Christ, Justin Peters. I highly recommend you check out his YouTube, his podcast, follow him on social media at all the all the places and uh, all the things. Uh, thank you, brother, for your time and your ministry. And we're thankful for all the many ways the Lord is using you. Thanks, Dave. God bless you, brother. Thank God you. God bless you, too. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.